Welcome to Tycoons of Small Biz, a podcast designed for small business owners, the backbone of the American economy. Join us as our hosts, Austin and Landon, share insights and experiences as small business owners, active investors and operators who have started, bought, sold, and grown several successful businesses. Tycoons is powered by Backbone Planning Partners, a business consulting and wealth management firm built specifically to serve small and medium-sized businesses. Hello, Tycoons, and welcome to today's episode of Tycoons of Small Biz. I am uh, your co-host, as always, Austin Peterson, with my other co-host, Landon Mance. I'm coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. It's a little gloomy today, but uh, hopefully we'll warm up and let the sun out a little bit. And uh, Landon is in Las Vegas. Landon, welcome in, buddy. Pleasure to be here, sir. How's it going? It's all good, man. All good. Last couple of days have been absolutely beautiful out here in Vegas. Been spending about three to five hours a day sitting in my lawn chair in my front yard, letting the twins run around the street with all the little neighbor kids. And it's been a blast. Awesome. Sounds like a great weekend. That uh, That's what, so President's Day weekend, my wife and I went uh, camping for four days and the weather was just perfect. We hiked 15 to 20 miles, somewhere around there, maybe 16, 17 miles throughout that period of time, but also spent, I don't know, probably four or five, six hours just hanging out in a hammock. So wasn't uh, wasn't a bad weekend for sure. Nice. Were you sitting there eating any uh, delicious little uh, cuties? <laughs> I did have a few cuties actually. Had some in the fridge of the RV and uh, I, I love a good cutie. I actually ate one uh, on each of our hikes except for one and I did have one in my pack but when I opened it up it was a little rotten so I ended up uh, eating it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I can't can't go wrong with cuties right now. Yeah, you're you're just having a really hard time not eating that live on camera, aren't you? <laughs> I am, I am. We'll see. I, I I think I've got the restraint to uh, to not peel this puppy open, but to be determined. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yep. All right. So last week we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, early stage investing or private investing, the different the different options. And so today we're going to kind of narrow that focus a little bit and talk about uh, angel investing versus venture capital. So, um, you know, why don't why don't you just give our audience a little bit of a, of a definition or a differentiation between those two? Because I think they get um, I don't know if they get, you know, switched or people, you know, look at them or, you know, think they're the same thing, but there, there's a clear delineation between the two that not everybody fully understands. So maybe, maybe kind of start there if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. When I think about angel investing, well, the first word that would come to mind is extremely difficult. Maybe that's two words, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's hard, really, really, really hard. And we'll talk about why. Uh, if I was to define angel investing, it would be writing small checks. Uh, generally, check sizes and in angel investments are going to be as low as five or 10,000 up to 25 to 50,000. 
those are going to be the generally the check sizes. Most angel investments are going to be in a essentially a concept, right? An idea uh, for the most part. Uh, most angel investments that people are making, the businesses are pre-revenue, uh, generally pre-customers. So it's really just more of an idea and a concept. Um, I would argue that you are investing in the founders, you know, in your confidence that they are going to be able to execute on what it, on what they're setting out to do. Uh, it's not always going to be pre-revenue. Sometimes, you know, um, they'll be at uh, what's called like a seed round. So at a seed round of an angel investment, uh, that's when generally you, you start to see like venture capitalists getting involved because they've got some kind of traction going, right? They've got uh, some customers, they've got some revenue, they've got some kind of a uh, product market fit, if you will. So there's some kind of validation there. Venture capital, uh, generally, oh, let me let me uh, mention one other thing. Uh, angel investing is def, uh, generally going to be done by uh, friends and family, uh, your close network of of people. Um, a lot of time, angel investors are are exited founders who have made you know, uh, a decent amount of money, uh, from, from transacting in their business. And, uh, now they want to go out and be these, you know, professional investors and they, they tend to start with angel investing. All right. So venture capital investing, uh, venture capitalists are, 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 are more professional. So they do this for a living. Uh, maybe they're starting out with their first fund, but uh, they generally have some kind of direct experience as an early stage investor. And they've uh, they've pooled together money, uh, generally their own money, as well as investors, other investors money, which are uh, typically going to be called limited partners. And they the the VCs have pooled together money and they have a thesis to go out and to invest into companies. Maybe it's, you know, early stage tech companies. Venture capitalists are going to write checks, uh, maybe as small as 25,000, uh, up to call it 250,000 in the early stages. Uh, but, Venture capitalists will invest at many different stages of a business life cycle. Some now even invest at that earliest stage, which is really that concept or idea stage. And then the next stage is kind of like seed. So they've got some kind of traction rolling. And then after that, you come into uh, uh, what series A, series B, series C. These are much more uh, established businesses generally will have hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars a year in, in revenue. And the check sizes will be much larger at those points. Uh, they could be, you know, a minimum of hundreds of thousands up to several million dollars of kind of growth capital, um, 
I'll talk about a venture capital investment that I'm uh, I've made, and they're doing a, a follow up round, so they're raising additional money, but for the same company. So that kind of encapsulate angel versus VC, just at the most kind of elementary level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if I were to distill it down into just a you know a few words for each one, I mean, a angel investing is typically individual investors in inside of your you know your close network mm -hmm. uh concept to startup phase and then venture capital is typically a fund where they've gotten a bunch of investors together but the fund as a whole is investing in a company that's either somewhere between early stage all the way up to potentially an ipo so they can be involved in a very long period of time with multiple deposits, like you said, or multiple, uh, you know, investments throughout that period of time. So concept startup, individual investors, professional fund, early stage, all the way to IPO. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. All right. So let's, let's talk about the pros and cons. We'll start with, with angel investing. So to me, um, to me, I, I think the biggest pros of angel investing are really that you are helping these businesses um, survive that first stage because in order for them to, to get to their kind of initial stage of, of, of survival, if you will, they need capital to, uh, they need capital to work on their, their product. Uh, they need capital to make a couple of hires. They need capital to, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, they need capital to just really just get the business off of the ground. They might need to rent, you know, a small space, uh, just the very, the very fundamental, things that you need to get a business off the ground. Um, it helps, it helps with that. It also helps to give the a lot of confidence to the founders that somebody believes them in them enough to actually invest in their, really their idea or their concept. So that's a big pro. Another big pro of angel investing is that if you invest in an angel deal and that business actually takes off, the return on your investment is going to be very significant. Uh, you know, it could be, you know, 30, 50, 100 X, 100 times your initial investment. So if you invest, you know, 10 grand and the business really, you know, makes it, so to speak, you could get back a million dollars on your 10 grand that you invest. Okay. So that's, that's an obvious pro is that the upside is really, really significant if the business does do well. But as we know, in angel investing, that's generally not going to be the case. Uh, most companies at the angel investment phase uh, do not make it. I'm not exactly sure what the statistic is, but the vast majority of companies that start out taking angel investments, they go, they go absolutely nowhere. They burn through 
couple hundred thousand, couple million dollars of cash over the course of call it one to three, one to five years. And they just, they never find product market fit. They never find enough customers. They never find traction and they, they, they shut down. So, um, biggest pros, I guess, are supporting the founder, big opportunity for upside. If you are somebody that has a lot of experience in a particular industry, you can be extremely valuable uh, to the founder as an angel investor. So that's a big, that's a big pro as well. But uh, I don't know, what, what do you think the biggest cons are other than <laughs> the fact that they've got a, a really small likelihood of surviving? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's definitely the, the biggest con, right? Is I don't know the exact statistics, but typically one or two out of 10. Yeah. So 10 to 20% is typically what you can expect to hit in terms of an, uh, of angel investing. And so, you know, we mentioned on our last episode that you really need to be making somewhere between seven and 10 investments in angel companies in order to be able to hope to get some sort of a, of a return, right? And so that's the thing is those 10X to 100X returns on your money, if they go and actually take off and do well, that sounds tremendously good, right? Which it absolutely is, but you've got to also factor in that seven or eight out of 10 aren't going to make it, right? Maybe even nine out of 10 aren't going to make it. So you're going to lose all of your money there, but then you may get 10X to 100X, you know, return on, on the one or two others that are there. So that's, that's absolutely the biggest con. Uh, I would say the other big con is, most of the time it's some sort of a concept that you don't fully understand and you kind of look at it and say oh gosh yeah i never thought about that or that would that would be really cool and you think and the founder helps you to think that the market's larger than it is or that there is a market for the product period right because sometimes something seems really cool and you think oh yeah i would use that but nobody else would right or at least it can't get the traction or they can't raise enough other angel investment to go out and and really give this thing a push and, and push it forward or you can't get it patented because it's already been patented or it infringes on somebody else's patent so there's it, it's just the unknowns or the misunderstandings of uh, or lack of understanding i should say about what's being launched and and the potential upside yeah, good points. Another thing that just came to me as you were saying that was there's there's two other things uh, that make angel investing very challenging and very risky: uh, liquidity and time frame. So when you make an angel investment, just wipe your hands of that of that money because if you are getting anything back, it is going to be. Uh, five to 10 years minimum, and it can be 10 years plus before you see a penny of that money back. And uh, I, I'm sure they have happened out there. I've never heard of one happening like this, but I'm sure they're out there. But also don't plan to get any capital return to you 
other than if there's some kind of a transaction. So it's not going to pay you income or dividends along the journey. It's, it's kind of like an all or nothing type investment, you know? Um, and then, yeah, time frame. I, I guess I just kind of alluded to, but when you make an angel investment, uh, that, that's, you know, you're committing to that investment for, for 10 years because it's highly unlikely that anything is going to transpire in less than 10 years. So plan on holding that for about 10 years. You've got no liquidity essentially. Uh, so there's no way to get your money out if you need it. Uh, but on, on the flip side, if the investment does take off and actually make it, your return is going to be really, really significant. Um, there is another, so angel investing, just like everything, you know, the last, you know, three to 10 years has evolved. And now there's a lot of different ways to get into angel investing and to kind of avoid some of the pitfalls that we have alluded to. And now they've, they've syndicated angel investing, which means that uh, they've created vehicles to invest in at a much lower price point. So call it, you know, a thousand dollars or $5,000 or $10,000 and they're pooling capital together from people. So maybe this, this vehicle, this fund, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, maybe it will raise, you know, 200,000 or $500,000 and you've only put in, you know, a thousand bucks or 5,000 bucks. And then it's going to go out and make, you know, 10 or 20 investments. So there are, are new ways to do angel investing to where you can write smaller checks and diversify into many different companies through uh, what are called syndications. So those have become a lot more popular in the angel investing world uh, the last, I don't know, couple years. Yeah. Yeah. No, <clears throat> no doubt about it. I mean, there's, you know, what comes to mind is, <clears throat> excuse me, is a company like Kickstarter, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's somewhat like that where you're essentially pre-ordering different products, right? But there's, there are vehicles like you mentioned in that syndication where it almost acts like a Venmo, if you will, where you're just contributing a certain amount and it can be really micro amounts into this that they're, where they're going to go out and make those investments on your behalf. So, it's it's angel investing that's acting like venture investing, which is which is kind of a, a, a unique or new spin on angel investing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a couple examples. Um, I can give I can give a couple examples of some angel and VC stuff that I've I've invested in, just to give people a little little taste, little flavor. Well, let, let's talk about the pros and cons on the venture side before we before. We oh, OK. Yeah, let's do that. Good call. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, the pros and cons are, are similar on, on the venture side uh, or maybe even, you know, kind of the the opposite. Right. Where uh, a pro may be that on the venture side, you're you're putting money into a fund that is presumably operated by somebody who does this for a living or a group of people who do this for a living, have more experience, more knowledge, more know-how, um, more ability to 
look at financials and look at you know the market as a whole than 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 you have access to or have the ability to do. So that would that would be a pro. Um, but all this, I'll give you the flip side con of that, and and the con of that is that you're giving up full control. You're essentially giving them your money and the ability to make the decisions on your behalf. So they're they're literally making the decisions on which companies to invest in, at what stage, and at what amount. And you you have no control. They're they're making that uh, that decision for you. Yep. 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 Absolutely. And, and, and again, there just to that point, there are pros and cons to that, right? Because it, you know, seasoned experienced venture capitalists, you know, they've been making investments into companies for years or decades. So they've seen, they've seen a lot. And so they are very skilled at, you know, uh, picking great founders and great, you know, early stage companies to invest in. But similar to the the world of, of angel investing, um, a lot of companies, uh, they're called VC-backed companies, so venture capital-backed companies that have been invested in by VCs, uh, majority of them also don't <laughs> survive. So their odds are a little bit better, uh, but not, not, not a whole lot better historically. Um, I, I'd say another thing that's really uh, something you need to think about with VC investing is, is around alignment, uh, because venture capital investors, they want to invest capital. They want this company to grow, you know, generally at, you know, uh, one to 300% a year. Um, and then they want to exit out of that investment in, in a, you know, like a five to 10 year period. That's, that's kind of like ideal for, for VCs. They want to dump a whole bunch of, of, you know, gas on the fire. They want that thing to, to just start roaring and firing on all cylinders. And then uh, they want to, they want to get out as soon as possible through, you know, a, uh, through a sale to a strategic, you know, like let, let's say it's a, it is a, um, uh, a CPG company, you know, consumer, uh, what is it? Consumer product good or <laughs> yeah. so they're, you know, they're, a C, they're a CPG company. They're a women's, you know, deodorant company. And uh, the company takes off early and they, you know, they get some VCs to invest in them. And all of a sudden they're in, you know, all the major grocery stores and they're, they've got a great Amazon presence and then they sell that to, you know, Johnson and Johnson or something like that for, you know, 300, 500 million bucks or something like that. You know, that would be like a strategic kind of exit. Um, some will go public, a very, very tiny fraction of companies will grow and actually, you know, go, go public. But alignment between founders and VCs is a big challenge because VCs want to grow at all costs. And that's not always, uh, that's not always the same game plan that a, that a founder has. So you gotta, you gotta make sure that there's a lot of alignment there between VCs and the founders. Otherwise you're going to see a lot of uh, headbutting. 
Yeah. And I would just say as, as a founder, right, if you're looking at venture capital financing, that you've got to go in with your eyes wide open and understand that those are some of the cons of being VC backed, right? I mean, they're, they're going to want to make more decisions. They're going to want, they're going to have their way of doing things and what they want you to do with the business. And depending on how much you're giving up and board seats and all those sorts of things, they may be able to push you out as the founder, you know, not, not take away your equity per se, but push you out in terms of decision-making and turn this into a company that's completely different than what you ever thought it would be. And so, you know, that's, that's one of the cons potentially as well. It can be a pro as well, right? Maybe they're better at making the decisions and they know which direction it should be. And they're going to create, you know, lasting wealth for you and your family. But it, it's important for you to go in with your eyes wide open as a founder and understand what it means to be VC backed. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent point. You know, one, one thing that I have come to to realize with VCs is that there, there's a couple things that uh, I, I think give a VC a, a leg up. And that is their experience and that is their network because what i am seeing with a couple of uh vcs that i invest with is that um when you when a vc backs a later stage company you know uh, a, a company that's looking for uh growth capital right they've already found product market fit they've already got you know, millions or tens of millions of dollars of revenue, they may not be profitable. They're most likely not profitable, but the, it's a mature business in the sense that it's been around for many, many years. It's got a solid management team. You know, they're doing millions or tens of millions of dollars in revenue. They just haven't quite found profitability yet, but they're, but they're really close. They're on the cusp is that VCs can come in and they can utilize their network and make introductions that are game changing for these late stage growth companies. So a VC comes into a company that are looking to raise, you know, several million dollars of growth capital. And these VCs are exited founders generally, uh, not, not generally, but sometimes they're exited founders and they've got this vast network, you know, they know, CEOs at, you know, big companies and they've got a really uh, great network of other owners and, and entrepreneurs and executives. So now these VCs can come in, invest into this company because they know that by investing in this company, they can introduce these founders to people in their network, which can really help to accelerate their growth uh, quickly. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. That's a, that's a big pro, right? Yeah, for sure. It's not just, it's not just about the money. And again, to go back to the founder side of things, you know, that those are questions that you should be asking, right? Like what besides the money are you able to bring to the table to help us, to help us meet these goals and these objectives that, that we have or that you have, right? What are you going to do beside to help us actually execute besides just bringing cash in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
All right. So I think we're probably getting close to time here. So maybe we'll just talk just for a couple minutes about, you know, a couple of examples of some stuff that, uh, that we've invested in. And then uh, we'll kind of share some final thoughts and wrap up. Um, so I've, I've probably made, including syndications where I've invested into a fund and it's subsequently invested in a handful of companies. So including syndications, I probably have, I don't know, um, one, two, I probably have, I probably have about 10, probably 10, 10 to 12, maybe in the, the absolute most, um, angel and, and VC investments. Uh, most of them are going to be angel. So I probably have seven to nine angel investments and then, uh, you know, three to five VC investments. Um, angel investments, I've done a couple ones like small checks, you know, $10,000, $20,000 checks at, uh, you know, the concept idea level. They are, they've got no customers. They've got no sales. They have, you know, basically no team. It's just like the founder. I've made one or two of those, uh, just because I really liked the founder and I really liked the idea. Uh, you know, having the confidence in, in somebody at that stage to say, oh yeah, I really believe this person can do it. Um, I, I think that's kind of a pie in the sky. I think it's just about really, it's, it's about liking the person, liking their story and liking the mission, the journey that they are just setting out to, to go on. Uh, one of the companies that I invested in was a uh, it's a, a baby carrier and it's a, it's a, it's a modern, safe, comfortable, sleek baby carrier that there's been really no <laughs> innovation in that space, uh, in a very, very long time. And this founder, uh, her name's Terry. She's, she's incredible. And, um, her story is great. Her mission is great. And uh, I wanted to be part of, of supporting her in her, in her journey. So that's like the earliest stage investment. Um, so then we come one step above that. And one step above that is going to be, you know, a company where they've got a team. So it's not just like a solo founder. It's probably a set of co-founders, maybe they've got one or two other employees. They've got some, some, uh, independent contractors, maybe like a development team that, you know, they outsource some stuff to. And, uh, one company that I invested in at that stage, they are, and it's, I'm going to kind of butcher this explanation, uh, because I, I don't still fully understand <laughs> what it is that they do. Because I'm not a tech person at all, but they essentially are building a a hub where family offices, institutions, high net worth individuals, sophisticated investors can come and connect with investment opportunities in the angel VC growth world. And, uh, they, they come together at this, you know, at this community, at this portal and 
it, it essentially is is validation for companies because if they're on this platform and they're checking all the boxes that need to be checked they are essentially a an investable company um so again really liked the founder um really strong you know uh technical background you know he's a a a, a fractional cto a chief technology officer he's been a fractional cto for as like 100 companies or something in the last decade so his experience is just incredible and uh i believe that they are going to do what they are setting out to do and then i guess from there it kind of morphs into more vc investments in my personal opinion uh you know later stage companies i think you're going to be best suited by uh investing in venture capitalists either at the fund level or at the syndication level uh, in my in my opinion so i'll give one quick example of a company that uh i think i mentioned earlier which is a a company uh this is through a vc but they invested in a company it's a later stage growth company you know they're doing right now they're doing 40 million dollars of annual recurring revenue they're not profitable yet but their their business is uh think of a last stop distribution center for apartments okay so when you order a package from amazon to an apartment uh it's going generally to the apartment complex directly they might have lockers. Uh, they might have some kind of a methodology to disperse stuff, but generally it's a, it's a madhouse because these apartment complexes get, you know, tens or hundreds of packages, maybe thousands of packages a day if they're massive. And there's just no, there's no efficient, great way to disperse these packages. So this company has developed these distribution centers where uh, all the packages for apartment complexes come to this, to their, their warehouse. And then um, they've got last mile, uh, they've got last mile, uh, last mile service, I guess, uh, to get these packages to apartment complexes much more efficiently and, uh, so they've got, you know, they're in like eight different cities. I think they've got, you know, six or eight different warehouses or more, you know, they're doing $40 million a year in revenue. And right now they are raising growth capital. You know, I think they're raising a $10 million round right now to get them, you know, into profitability. So there's a few examples. Yeah, no, I think those are those are great examples of, of different types of investments that are out there. And, you know, we're short on time, so I won't I won't share any examples on my side, but uh, maybe I'll just kind of share some some final thoughts. And then if you have some final thoughts to add, great. And, and we'll wrap it up. But, um, you know, my, my final thoughts would be would be this. And we kind of hit on this the last you know last week that there are public markets 
right? Everybody knows about the stock market, the S&P 500, NASDAQ, all those kinds of things. And, and those are really important parts of, of anybody's investment portfolio. But there are also lots of other ways to invest, not only to drive our economy, but to increase your own overall wealth and spread out your risk, right? And so these private opportunities, whether they be through angel investing, VC investing, or private equity, like we'll talk about, or, you know, starting your own business or investing in a friend's business, or, you know, there's a lot of different ways to, to make these types of investments. And, and they should be something that you think about as part of your overall portfolio, especially as your portfolio begins to grow. Early on should be basic, you know, blocking and tackling type of investments, right? Invest in big companies that everybody knows and, and understands and knows that they're going to do, you know, well over the long term. And then as your portfolio grows, you start to kind of satellite some things out and, and make some other types of investments. But it's important to realize that these are, you know, the types of investments that have a great chance of loss. Yeah. When they hit, they hit big, but there's a great chance of loss. And so you, you got to go in with your eyes wide open and understand what it is that you're investing in and do the best that you can to understand it and, and feel confident in the investment that you're making. Yeah. I was going to say mic drop, but I've got the orange. So I was missing orange drop right there, sir. Uh, no, that's super well said, man. Very, very well, well said. Um, you know, that that's exactly how I got into angel and VC investing. Right. Um, I didn't, I didn't start investing in that world till three to five years ago, but that's because I built up, right. That what you kind of referred to as like this core portfolio of stuff that is, you know, relatively safe, it's liquid, it's accessible, you know, you can get in and out of it at any time, essentially, you know, the click of a mouse. Um, and I built up that core portfolio before I started satelliting into these much uh, riskier, quote unquote, you know, sexier asset classes. So that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a great a great point to kind of close on. Other than that, uh, you know, there's a lot of programs out there now where let's say you're interested in angel investing, but maybe you don't have, you know, 50 or a hundred thousand dollars liquid to go out and invest in 10 companies. Well, they've got programs now where you can invest into a fund or a syndication for three grand, five grand, 10 grand. And uh, that's going to pool a bunch of money together. And you can actually learn how to, invest into companies. So there's a program where you can learn how to become an angel investor alongside founders that are looking to be invested in. So you can learn how to, you know, do due diligence and you can learn how to ask good questions and you can learn how to invest alongside others that probably have a lot more, you know, experience than you do. So that's a great way to kind of dip your toes into angel and VC investing. But other than that, um, yeah, it's 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 fun. It's exciting to invest in this kind of stuff. But as you put it, you, you got to be going into these eyes wide open because the chance of losing capital in these types of investments is great. Yeah, absolutely. And get good advice along the way. Right. I mean, work with people who understand these types of investments, understand your risk tolerance, your time horizon. So. 
Yep. Um, yeah, let me just end with saying, you know, we, we appreciate our audience. We appreciate those who have been on this journey with us for a little over three years at this point. Um, we appreciate, you know, the transition to this type of a format and we look forward to uh, continuing to provide this. So join us next time. Yeah, likewise. By the way, almost four years, almost four okay. years. Correct. You are correct. All right. You've been listening to Tycoons of Small Biz, a podcast for small business owners by small business owners. Be sure to follow us on our social media channels for links to all our episodes and great content around growing, investing in, buying, and selling small businesses. This podcast is distributed for informational purposes only. Statements made in the podcast are not to be construed as personalized investment or financial planning advice, may not be suitable for everyone, and should not be considered as solicitation to engage in any particular investing or planning strategy. Listeners should conduct their own review and exercise judgment or consult with their professional financial advisor to see how the information contained in this podcast may apply to their own individual circumstances. All investing involves risk of loss, including the possible loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results, and nothing in this podcast should be construed as a guarantee of any specific outcome or profit. All market indices discussed are unmanaged, do not incur management fees, costs, and expenses, and cannot be invested into directly. Investment advisory services offered by Backbone Planning Partners, LLC. Neither Backbone Planning Partners, LLC, nor its representatives provide legal or accounting advice. The content of this podcast represents the views and opinions of Austin Peterson and Landon Mance, and or the podcast guest, and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Backbone Planning Partners, LLC. Statements made in this podcast are subject to change without notice. Neither Backbone Planning Partners, LLC, nor its representatives, the podcast host, or its guests have an obligation to provide revised statements in the event of changed circumstances.